It's day 22 of Advent. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is the Defender Podcast Advent Edition. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services and exists to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. Day 22, the redemption. John chapter 19, verses 17 through 20 tells us, And he, Jesus, went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. There they crucified him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Aramaic, in Latin, and in Greek. Oh, the people of Israel were familiar with offering sacrifices to God to atone for their sins. In Leviticus 16 and 23, we find details of the Day of Atonement. God led the people to establish an annual observance on which the high priest of Israel entered the presence of God and offered a sacrifice for himself and for the people. Then the priest would confess the sins of the people unto the head of the spotless goat and release the goat as a sign of God's forgiveness and forgetting of the people's sins. Can you imagine? Year after year, the people of Israel observed the sacrifice. Oh, while they must have been thankful for God's forgiveness, the Day of Atonement was a reminder that the curse of sin just kept marching on without an end in sight. Immediately after commemorating the sacrifice, the people started sinning all over again, and the cycle started for another year. What a mix of thankfulness and disappointment they must have experienced, being thankful for God's forgiveness and disappointed for their continued sin. But God had promised the coming of a conquering king, a hero who would come and make an end to the people's suffering. But when would he come? When would be the time? As the years passed and the thousands of days of atonement piled up, I imagine that many grew skeptical and tired. This is just the way it is, they must have thought. Surely we must have understood God. There isn't an end to our suffering. We will sacrifice like this forever. Oh, the people had overlooked what God's provision for them would really mean. While they were looking for a king that would liberate them from the captivity and the bondage of other nations, God was sending them the king who would liberate them from the captivity and the bondage of their own sin. The struggle that the people must have felt as they continued to go back year after year to sacrifice for their sins was surely part of God's plan. Their sacrifices would never be complete. They could never do enough to work their way back from sin. But thankfully, that's not the end of the story. Before the foundation of the world, God put a plan into place that would provide the single sacrifice that would forever atone for sin and provide a way to be free. Oh, Jesus himself came to be that sacrifice. His death and resurrection has provided for us what we are incapable of providing for ourselves. Without Jesus' coming, there would be no forgiveness for sin. Without Jesus' sacrifice, there would be no way back to God. Sacrifices of animals or anything else could never really provide for the damage that sin had done. But Jesus, oh, he could provide the way, and he did. The message of the gospel tells us who we really are. We are weak, dirty, and messy fools. This message is humbling because over and over again, it reminds me that I am hopeless, impossible, and irreversible state apart from divine intervention. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4 through 9 says, But God, 
being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. Oh, beloved sinner, this is good news of spiritual adoption. Just like an orphan child trapped, lonely, and possessing nothing in and of themselves to be noticed, God initiates his love and accepts you. You are no longer unacceptable, but now a child of God, fully accepted by him because of the work of Jesus on the cross. My sweet wife, Ashley, and I are absolutely, completely different. Many years ago at Lifeline, we took the Myers-Briggs test, and Ashley and I took that Myers-Briggs test at the same time, and, and I remember we went to a Lifeline conference as part of our staff retreat, and the guy that was teaching us about Myers-Briggs was up at the room, and he shows a graph of, of 16 personality types, and, and he says, basically, if you want to know who your opposite is, find your four letters and go two down diagonally, and that is your direct opposite, and so I looked at the chart, and I tried to find out who my direct opposite was, and staring there in front of me was my sweet wife, Ashley, my direct opposite. Oh, after 15 years of marriage, God is growing us closer and closer together, but we are different. On our 10-year anniversary uh, serving the ministry of Lifeline, the board offered our family three weeks at the beach. But I felt differently. I felt that the Lord was calling us to use that time in, in a unique way. And I asked the board if instead we could spend the time in East Asia working with the orphanage partnerships that the Lord had granted us and Lifeline. Oh, my wife was really looking forward to the beach and the relaxation. And so the look on her face when I said, I feel like the Lord is calling us to East Asia. Oh, but my sweet wife said, okay, if that's what God's calling us to do, let's go. And so we took our three kids, a three-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old to East Asia. We were able to visit many orphanages, and, and one in particular, a very tough orphanage with lots of hurt, neglect, and despair, and a little town called Sueshi. One day when Ashley, the kids, and I were visiting this orphanages, they deposited 30-plus kids into a room and left our family alone to take care of these kids. And the international adoption team back in Birmingham had specifically asked us to locate two kids who had already been matched with families. As our family of five looked around at these 30-plus kids all by ourselves, we couldn't speak their language. All we saw was blank stares, hurt, and need that absolutely surrounded us. Quickly, Ashley found one of the little girls who was matched for adoption. She was four years old. Her hair was very short. Her clothing was tattered. And honestly, she smelled like neglect. We had brought new clothes and new toys. And Ashley and my girls began to play a shape sorter with this baby girl. Her fingers were so weak from the lack of stimulation that it was all she could do to even try to pick up the pieces. It was sitting in this orphanage, surrounded by these children, that we decided something needed to be done for these children, something drastic and something urgent. It led us to pray, to seek the Lord, and to ask what could be done. And the Lord answered and brought every piece together for a foster home to be opened in a city near Swayshi in partnership with local believers. You see, those children didn't do anything to be accepted. There was nothing they could do to find a family or to be chosen to go in the foster home. They were not of any esteem. They were dependent. Beloved, we are those children. 
We are those children. We smell of neglect. We are those children who have nothing in of us to be chosen. But our great God is that adoptive daddy that accepts us, not on our merit, but on his merit. So today, let's thank God for his redemption and for his free offer of grace to all who believe and follow Jesus. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast Advent Edition. Please visit lifelinechild.org backslash advent to receive a free download of Lifeline's Advent cards and join us as we anticipate the coming of Jesus our Savior. For more information or to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel to you this Christmas to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for the Defender Podcast Advent Edition.